Hi, this is Pat Blythe, and welcome to Love the Music. Today's date is Tuesday, October 19th, 2021. These are the Pandemic Interviews, conversations in a changing time. Today I'm talking with Alfie Zappacosta, who's Zooming in from Edmonton. Hello, Alfie. It's a pleasure to meet you. Pleasure. And I, wanna, I also want to say on this, thank you to Jane Harbury for setting this up. You've been making music in the business for close to 50 years, and mm-hmm. you're a two-time Juno Award winner and American mm-hmm. Music Award winner for Overload, which I mm-hmm. found really interesting. And I didn't realize that you wrote that with Marco Luciani uh, mm-hmm. for Dirty Dancing. That's and, right. It also happened to be the biggest selling soundtrack of the 80s, which I also didn't know. And if I'm miscounted, you've recorded 12 studio albums, including one with Surrender and two live compilations and a slew of singles. Yeah, there seems to be quite a few. I mean, I can't even remember, like, since uh, since the record company days were gone, I I did a lot of records, and I don't know how many that I, that I did without record company, just under my label, yeah. based on... Uh, on uh, what was going on with uh, the, the Facebook and social media, um, uh, not to mention the fact that there wasn't any record companies were changing, and there was not a lot of record companies that were really yeah. interested in uh, an old fart like me. So there was uh, there was uh, a lottery. Obviously, I didn't feel that way, and I needed to keep working. I haven't stopped working, but um, I've been doing it sort of on a smaller scale all by myself. Yeah. And um, yeah, and I'll just continue doing, and I'm working on another one right now. Excellent. Um, I'm curious, what made you move from Toronto to Edmonton? I, um, there was a, a lot of, uh, there was a lot of, uh, habits and people, the, the, the drinking pu- pu- public, the drinking friends and just yeah. a lot of people that were in my life that there was, there was drugs, there was, uh, drinking, there was just constant people dropping by. There was, my children were growing. Uh, and they were becoming uh, uh, within an age, uh, within an age that a little bit more understanding. I uh, I needed to. Toronto was it wasn't set on Toronto. Very expensive and crazy. Yeah. A lot of things that all sort of like a melting pot of things that all added up to being able to say that I needed a break from uh, many many things, even right. from uh, from the. Uh, some bad, uh, bad uh, acquaintances to, you know, wonderful acquaintances. We're still in touch constantly. But uh, my kids, I came over here. The schools were wonderful. It was a smaller population. Um, nobody knew anything really about me. A nice little subdivision. And uh, everything about it was, uh, was ended up being the right thing to do. So uh, it was a choice of Canada for sure. I was going to either go out to the East Coast, and I ended up doing Jesus Christ Superstar. I was asked to do uh, a play out here, uh, and uh, and I said, well, uh, I came out for three four months to check it out, and I said, you know, there's something about this that this place here, Edmonton and Alberta, that not so bad. So I got my wife and my children to come out and stayed with me for two three weeks, and um, the decision was 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 made at that point, and. I think the break from all the craziness that was Toronto, being born, I've lived all my life there, it was a nice break. It was the right thing to right. do. So you you mentioned Jesus Christ Superstar, and I understand you also did some pieces with Andrew Lloyd Webber, some other ones? 
Evita. Mm-hmm. Evita, I did hair. I did a bunch of things. There's something to be said about um, back then in the record company. I mean, I don't, you know, they didn't like you doing anything else except if you were signed to a record deal. You wanted to be able, they wanted you to be able to do all the stuff that obviously that they were interested in. And as far as like the business, you do a record, you promote it. And um, it was difficult to to be able to continue to promote it unless you went like, you know, wherever tours were available at the time. But um, you wait and while I was waiting, you know, kids needed diapers and stuff and needed to be fed and shit. So the, the world kept going in and around. And um, as maybe to their dismay, you know, uh, the great the great Dean Cameron and the people of Capitol, mm-hmm. who I, I love Dean, but yeah. he's, he's passed, obviously. But we I had a lot, a lot of respect for the man. Um, uh, we, you know, we... Uh, I had to be able to pick up some ways of being able to do other things in this, always within the arts. But, um, and as it turned out, everything from singing commercials to writing them to when I was asked to do Evita uh, again, it was sort of like, had I ever done anything like that before? Absolutely not. But um, I said, sure, I can. It was paying money. And again, I had a small family to be able to support and whatnot. So uh, I ended up uh, getting pretty good at uh, everything from writing commercials, singing commercials, and doing theater, as well as doing writing for a publishing companies in EMI and, and whatever, and just to be able to uh, survive this, this craziness, you know. Have you ever felt like music was always your direction from when you were a wee lad, or is it just something you thought you'd get into in your teens? I, there was, uh, I was surrounded with music being a young man, a young boy, actually. My father was a uh, was a barber, but always wanted to sing, and he did. He sang all the time, and his his lust for life was to be a singer. He wanted that. I was just sort of stuck in the middle of it all. But no, I had no real aspirations of doing anything like this. I was going to be uh, a hairdresser. That's oh. what I thought I was going to do. Uh, I need a haircut. And, um, <laughs> and then in the meanwhile, there was still uh, because we were. Uh, in and around music, my father, his whole family, everybody sang and they, they played a little bit of guitar and they always did stuff like that. So that was so constantly surrounding me. But I thought a real job is what I needed. So there was a little bit of the idea that I had some musical experience in as far as like the family being what they were. I um, We joined a little band, something on the side, and that was teaching a bit of guitars to be able to use with uh, the Surrender Band, a bunch of the guys back then. And... Uh, we would rehearse at night, and of course, uh, Frank Davies, um, Frank Davies, Ken Morris, his his uh, brother-in-law, uh, who was manage- about to manage us at the time, introduced us to you know he introduced us to Frank. Frank introduced us to Dean Cameron, and lo and behold, I'm uh, we're in a recording band, and uh, one thing led to another, and I guess I started understanding the business where all of a sudden. If I'm the, the key writer to the whole thing, they were much more interested in me. One thing led to another, and I got dragged in deeper and deeper and deeper in contracts and stuff. And um, all of a sudden, I was now a front man, something that I had never aspired to. Uh, I remember being absolutely terrified, but I ended up having to learn a lot of things, everything from theater to, to whatever, to sort of like bolster my... Uh, confidence levels up and of course I, I seem to have done that but it took a lot of years well you've obviously excelled at it well for thank a you number of much. years oh prob- i probably i was probably in my 40s when i realized i'm not getting out of here so i might as well accept it but it took a long time before i really accepted i figured something would change at any minute and it but didn't. it didn't and here you are 
So last year, you expected to be getting together with some old friends, Jerry and, and Marco being two of them, to write to begin writing your new album, which was mm-hmm. just released March, mm-hmm. I believe, this year. Of course, everything collapsed in 2020 as far as the pandemic goes. How did that mm-hmm. change your approach to well, working it, on the uh, album? It, luckily, it didn't because of the uh, uh, technology these days. I could still do a lot of things from the distance, at a distance. Um, and as far as like, you know, delivering stems and whatnot over Wi-Fi and shite, but in the Internet. But um, the idea was to get together with uh, my old pals, you know, and just as something before, you know, we get way too old and stuff. I thought, what a great idea to be able to get with Jerry Marco, uh, Blake, just just people to be able to get together and play. Uh, and it was at the the end of 2019 when that had happened, when um, when we when I started to do this. Of course, the pandemic hit the beginning, basically uh, March of uh, 2020. So I was well on my way in making the decision. So I was able to be here at home and sort of like fill in the blanks of the songs that we'd written and go any further. And I had um, my engineer and producer friend that owns a studio here in Edmonton that where I was going to record and finish the record. Anyway, I've done about four or five with him. So uh, I hunkered down here and, and, and with what I did with the Jerry and Marco and uh, the rest of the guys and people, some people from... Uh, on this particular record that was released in February uh, was uh, uh, everything from Andrew Glover here in town, a piano player, to uh, Silvio Pupo, who was from Cuba, lives in Halifax. So I was able to, you know, uh, based on the, 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 the art of technology these days, I was able to make everything happen constantly. I mean, here we are talking on Zoom. So it was pretty easy to keep the people in the loop and whatnot. And... Um, Seeing as we couldn't go anywhere based on the pandemic and one, I was able to hunker down and just uh, uh, finish the parts and finish all the pieces and such. So uh, it didn't really affect too much on the actual recording end of it. Was any, when is, were any of the pieces, uh, did they actually reflect uh, what was going on during the pandemic? Did they reflect or affect any of the music? I give a rat's ass about the freaking pandemic. To tell you the truth, I really give a shit. But I'm I'm sorry. I mean, it's a. Okay. Uh, I take it completely serious and and lots of respect. And and of course, I've been completely conscientious about the whole thing. But uh, I've been continuing writing, and I've been able to sort of apart from the world around me and, and people being afraid and and the lack of toilet paper in the world. I mean, I uh, that I, was a crisis. I, you know, you know, and the fact that I, I don't mind, you know, go to the grocery store and put on a mask and, and what and, and do that. And uh, I, I think uh, all the years of experience and just being where I am now at 67 years old, uh, it, it's not like we're millionaires or anything, but there was sort of we could sit back and relax a little bit about this. And unfortunately, I feel for I feel for the younger musicians and people that were session and uh, session players and, and people that are expected to go out on tour. And that's where they make their monies and whatnot. And how horrible it's been for a lot of people that I've heard, I know of. I've been able to sort of sit back and wait for this horrible thing to pass. And um, but I've been able to continue writing, and then I'll keep doing more writing, and then keep myself uh, away from you know getting crazy enough to want to run around the subdivision with a machete hacking up neighbors because I've lost my mind. So I haven't lost it, and everything seems to be okay. How do you feel about virtual collaboration? You know, it's not my favorite, but it certainly does work. It certainly um, 
fills the void, you know. I mean, there's a, if there's if that's the way it has to be done, I mean, here we are talking. There's obviously one-on-one -on -one is usually a better way as far as I'm concerned of being able to deal with people. But yeah. this, obviously, this pandemic has opened up huge possibilities and everything from real estate all the way down to just the way people work from home and whatnot. You could, you, you know, it's been just a, it's been an eye opener in as far as like, you know, Zoom, um, travel, uh, it's, I'm waiting to see exactly what is going to happen and how, how the changes are very deliberate, not deliberate, but how they're, they're going to end up being in, in, uh, in yeah. as far as how people will continue working, be it, uh, like we are, and I grab a guitar, and as long as it's in in sync with one another, it's a whole new world coming up over here that's been sort of forced by this pandemic. How's has the pandemic has it altered, or, or um, have you changed any tactics uh, on how you're promoting, um, keeping yourself relevant, and promoting the album? Has that been a bit of a challenge? Yeah, I, you know, the the great thing is. Um, started this record in 2019 i uh, was able to to uh sign the record deal with uh, with alma records and universal worldwide and uh I, for me it was uh really interesting because i don't really understand where the record world is going where the record business is going i really don't have any understanding i mean if i get to, to if a, a million people listen to my music worldwide what does Apple pay? What does Spotify pay? I could be $200. I haven't, I haven't clue. Um, so with Warren Stewart, uh, Peter Cardinelli at the record company, I'm sincerely hoping that I'm going to get a bit more of a better idea of uh, how they're going to promote, especially in a time like this where I, I can't go out and perform. Uh, I was never a big fan of going on Facebook and all of a sudden grabbing a guitar and saying, like, I felt like singing for you this today. You know, I mean, it seems... I mean, we could all get on these things and do free concerts all over the world, I suppose. It sort of like defeats the purpose and what we were supposed to be here to do anyway, right? Our performing and whatnot. Seems to sort of uh, definitely everybody tried for a long while. I, I, you, I'm sure you're aware that everybody on yeah. Facebook singing all of a sudden becoming <laughs> solo artists and acoustic players and stuff. I'm going, yeah, doesn't sound great from here, guys. Yeah, well, I'll keep my opinions to myself. <laughs> <laughs> a little inundated with a lot. How are you coping? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot. How yeah. are you coping personally? I'm having a great time. I'm, um, I, I walk. Uh, unfortunately, my, my, my pup, my dog is about 17 years old now, so he can't accompany me anymore. But, um, I find myself doing a lot of walking. There's a river valley here not far from me, and I just, I did that, I discovered walking. I mean, I always did. I was always kind of a bit sportive. We'll try to keep busy that way. But I find myself doing a lot of walking. Uh, I find myself with my little phone microphone over there, and I get ideas. I, I whistle them or sing into them or, or do something, work some ideas. Um, my children have been lucky enough to, uh, that th th this whole thing hasn't hampered their ways of life in any way. They're both still working, and Everything's great with them. My grandkids are wonderful. So and as far as like being able to sit down to see what we have done up until now, I could see that everybody's happy. So I can't help but say for what reason we are allowed to live. We are here to live. And I can say in all honesty that I've never enjoyed myself more. Just being able to be a little bit more aware and um, and walking and knowing to just and feeling like it, being in the now and being in, to know how lucky it is. 
to be alive. It's it's been it's been wonderful. I've uh, refused to let anything sort of get me down because it really isn't anything. So how has it affected me? Um, I guess it's reinforced the fact that one could actually be very happy under horrible situations. I mean, there's nobody dropping bombs on us. I mean, I'm not worrying about snipers or anything like that. I mean, damn, it's it's good to be alive. This first song you're about to hear is called Soda, a track from Alfie Zappacosta's album Dark Sided Jewel. Released in 2000, the album is one of his favorites. Produced by Toronto artist Jerry Mosby, the album features Blake Manning on drums, Toronto bassist Ettrick Lyons, Hamilton-based music quartet Quartetto Gelato, and members of the Toronto Symphony Orchestra. According to Alfie, soda is for the thirsty and horny folks of world travelers. I ain't got a dime And it's been some time since I passed Pensacola Lost in time But my thirst got worse as the sun shone off my shoulder Yeah. 
Live performance is the key to the development of any artist. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, and it's also continuing to develop even for us senior artists. <laughs> yes. Everybody likes to, I mean, there's always changes. Um, what do you think the music scene is going to look like in the future as we come out of this situation? <laughs> I get a lot of people asking me, I figure that if I'm looking at some dates or am I getting some things together? And I, I told them about a year and a half ago and I said, I don't think this is going to happen until the new year. Uh, I don't know how you feel about it, but I, I just think there's going to be a barrage. There's going to be people running to that gate. There's just the amount of musicians that are running to get a gig. And, and I think it's it's necessary. I'm sure that everybody is just willing. And I'm sure there's a lot of the uh, fans that are expecting to get out and, oh, my God, just get out and hear some music yeah. to feel normal again. I can understand all that. But uh, I don't think anything's going to be straight or whatever until the new year, because it's there's, there's a, a lot of people that are going to be wanting to go to work. There's still a lot of people that are, we sure, the uh, the, the the conspiracy theorists that are sitting there going, um, there's still a lot of lies out there. I don't believe them. So you can imagine starting to book, you know, everything from booking flights where uh, they're, they're, they're bloated like crazy, you know, at this point, maybe because of the holidays. But um, here are the airlines that have sort of lost all this damn money in China. It's like, you know, they got to make it back. You think they're going to give us a break to go to traveling across Canada or to go on tour? I think the prices are going to be ridiculous. I think um, I think the chances that we take to be able to spend the money to see the people, they probably won't want us bloating up our monies to be able to say, hey, let's charge. Okay, well, we... Instead of charging 30 bucks, let's charge $250 or whatever. Nobody, how many people can you actually go and see and think that, you know, and I'm sure a lot of people like, you know, even small, the small rooms and whatnot, I'll be sitting there going like, we've been out of business too for a long time. So everybody's going to have to come out to uh, a price fixing of some sort where, where airlines and whatnot and travel and hotels aren't going to change. They're just going to be bloating things. The way I see it, is not going to be till next year where things come back to to a level and people think seem to think that they may have been may have caught up. So as much as I would love to go out and perform, I think I'm stuck not stuck, but I'm probably looking at the reality of driving to Calgary, driving to the, the four or five hours, um, the 11 hours over into BC, and things that I could do and in, 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 you know throwing things in a van or a car or whatnot. But I've been doing that kind of thing for years now. Anywhere I, you know myself as a was a duo or a trio if, uh, you know, when it's necessary, the full band and whatnot. Yep. But um, I have a feeling that it, it's it's going to be locally limited. I mean, for travel for a lot of people is going to be pretty difficult unless you, obviously you're the big stars and whatnot can, that, uh, that, that can't afford. But I don't think that uh, even if you're looking at 100 seaters, 100, 200 seaters, that, that we'd fill those places. There's a lot of scared people still. There are, I just had a conversation the other day with a, with a friend of mine who said that what he's finding right now, and he has his own show, is mm -hmm. that the um, large-ish venues such as a Massey Hall or even an Alma Combo, the ticket yeah. prices are astronomical. To right. rent the places, are the prices are astronomical. So, yeah. and he said, that's great for everybody who hasn't been spending money in 2020, they may have money left for the latter half of the year. But what do you mm. do in 2022 when all of that's gone and people still mm. aren't working? Mm. And the other part yeah. of it was all the, uh, you know, so many clubs have closed, not just in Toronto, but right across Canada. 
So Absolutely. now there's the fight for how many can we cram into a club in one night? I don't know. It's just, the limitations know, cram, are endless. Cramming them in and then and, and, and sort of like, you know, I've already got some calls and people like, you know, saying, can you come and play? And we'll pay you, you know, for example, five bucks, you know, and then I'm yeah. going, well, it's, it'll be kind of hard to do the cost. And, you know, for, for what it's worth, I mean, I, yeah, I, I enjoy performing. I love it. You know, it's nice. To just, there's nothing, it's wonderful. But it's going to be a while yet before things sort of even out because so many people in this industry in, in the hotel and the uh, uh, hotel performing industry stuff like that, before they feel that they have caught up and what they've lost to be able to make things somewhat stable again it's no oh, genesis could... genesis is playing here at the rogers center i think the top tier ticket was um um, if it was either eleven hundred or seventeen hundred dollars, and the lower tier was over two, not in my snack bracket. But this is no. what the bigger bands are starting to charge, and I don't know if they're recouping money or just figure mm -hmm. they're taking advantage of everybody's savings. Well, you know, and not to mention the fact that, like you had mentioned, that the, to to be able to rent the hall, to be able to the hotels, yeah. to rent the cars, all that's bloated. Yeah. To you know, so it's got to re it's got to reflect on the prices and whatnot. I, I loved uh, up until now what I've been doing is I, I go to Vancouver. I can, for, Canada is fine by me. I just like going back and forth across Canada. I go to the East Coast and I put together like, you know, 20 dates at the East Coast and I do, you know, uh, 170 seaters, 50 seaters, 100, 200 seaters and whatnot. And I'll, and I and I'm fine with that. I go over there and do it uh, by myself or with a, a, a piano player. And uh, and I'm looking at it now that it's it's still it's I I won't be able to look at doing anything like that because even still it's just um, well you mentioned there's not a lot of the places there anymore until people get a handle of where the money's going and and uh, they can it's just yeah. ridiculous to do but I, that's why I, I do like back and forth across Canada and I do these small situations and then they're wonderful for me but I don't know how whole bands and and people I don't know people that are usually hired on to play drums and bass and how long it's going to be a while before they catch up to anything I don't know do you think 2020 was a career killer for those who were not so well established I'm sure it didn't help at all. Um, uh, well, you remember way back when, and people talk about, it, says you're gonna have something to fall back on, you know, uh, with all due respect to tuba players, or, you know, like people that make friends, you know, if I'm gonna be a bass player, but I don't write and I don't do anything else musically, you study, okay, if you're a bass player, then you can go to the symphony orchestras or whatnot, whatever the hell it is, but you need something to fall back on, so. People that have sort of like looked at the, the art of, of music and something they loved so dearly, well, hopefully they've been able to sort of tighten their belt and uh, and hopefully get through into 2022. Fingers crossed, because that segues into the next thing is is you know we all joke about what if scenarios and and what we should be doing for just in case and we keep putting things off because you know life goes so fast and we want to mm. you know it's hard to catch up. Planning and preparing for the future. Do you think there was any possibility even rem we could even be remotely prepared for something like this? No, uh, I, I think we were, um, apart from hearing some of the horrible disasters that had happened probably in our grandparents' lives and whatnot, we've had it pretty cushy up until now. And, and, and because of, uh, I don't know, just the way the world was, I, I don't think anybody would ever be expecting that something so 
I guess in a lot of cases, horrific, you know, as far as like what is done to certain people. But um, no, I don't think anybody was planned for it. I don't think anybody could plan for this. This is just really a left field kind of thing. It's like, you know, what the hell is this all about? Interesting though, huh? I mean, the, the, the wars and the uh, the Spanish flu and, and the things that had happened when you start thinking first, second world war, what people actually, their grandparents, what they actually had to go through. And we've had this incredible, huge longevity of, of this peace and wonderful things to be able to, to see record companies and watching these rock stars and people get f incredibly rich and wonderful based on uh, on what lucrative, how, what lucrative age it's been. And all of a sudden to be slapped in the face, I suppose that reality is uh, a pretty good wake up call, you know. Maybe that's I, the way I mean, I don't want to wish any corner nuclear disasters and shit like that, but it's sort of, uh, uh, how long can you go like, you know, uh, what's the line, like, you know, uh, save your pennies and stuff, you know, for a rainy day? Here's well, that rainy day, right? This is a rainy day. This is this, you know, do we all need a plan B? Well, um, as far as musicians, you know, musicians, performers, here we are. We got the brunt of it, I suppose, at this point yeah. in time. You see that the rest of the world and people, it, it hasn't affected, you know, really. We're, that, we're definitely looking at the entertainment industry that's really taking a kick in them, you know. But um, for the rest of the world, I think they, they've done okay by it. I mean, they could sort of slough it off a little easier than some of us. Yeah, the whole gig economy has been decimated, which is why I started talking to artists yes. a year ago, yes. actually, find out how they were doing. So the past 15 months now, coming into 16, since uh, mm -hmm. mid-March last year, has mm -hmm. given artists definitely a chance to pause and kind of reflect and maybe take a different approach to their music and new direction, maybe step outside the box, take some more risks. Yeah. yeah. The uh, I, don't, I don't think the uh, pandemic or not, I think... Um, Everything to do with the music comp music business was coming to might as well be ahead of its own pandemic because it's been turned upside down anyhow. I mean, uh, uh, we were touching on that. I mean, I haven't a clue what's going on. I, I don't know. I mean, so the uh, the masters of the universe have taken like a handful of these people have taken on any kind of money that come from publishing and whatnot and, and own it all. So. Uh, the, the whole idea of being nurtured by a record company and people having an idea, knowing that radio stations are going to, uh, you, you'll know a week before that your song's going to be playing, if SoCan is there to be able to collect from monies for you, one not all these things that were set in place uh, that are so completely new now to me. I, I really, uh, I, I'm sure there's people out there understand a lot more about it than I do. As I said, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that Alma Records and Universal at this point are going to give me a, um, a lesson on uh, uh, and, and learning a little bit, becoming a little bit more understanding of how it works. Because uh, as far as I was sure, there was something horrible that was happening way before the pandemic. And, and so here we are now, pandemic or not, trying to figure out where do what 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 are musicians doing? I mean, apart like you know writers and whatnot. I mean, who who do we give a? We just it seems like we're just writing songs and putting them on social media. Do you and you're and we will get to that point about what's happened with musicians and clubs. That's yeah. question number seventeen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, do you think artists in general are more adaptable or more flexible? Because the buzzword in the last year or so has been the word pivot. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, to because you're typically on the road, you're confronted with challenges every day. So I just got to thinking, are, can artists adapt? Are they more flexible to times like this? Can they pivot and look at it as a different challenge and confront it? I think artists, if they, they can pivot, I think they'd be able to pivot because they, they, they have other, end, uh, other interests in the industry that they may be able to pivot to. Um, performing and uh, actually gigging and being paid to perform seem obviously is not so. So sit tight. Uh, where could they pivot to? I know a friend of mine that's gotten into uh, drywalling houses. You know, they, they go into sort of like do things that's called like get a real job. I mean, I suppose uh, musicians that have been doing this for a long time have sort of been pivoting for a lot of years because, yeah. you know, there's, there's, there's high, good and high time. I think people that are somewhat deluded are going to have a really hard time trying to pivot. Um, and I'm sure you're going to have really a hell of a hard time realizing that, that um, whether you like it or not, you're going to have to go into the, the workforce. And maybe go back to school if you can afford to do so, or find some other things. Because uh, I mean, who's to say it's it's a bleak kind of situation? And who's to say you know the the, the way of the industry? Whether I think you're right as far as being able to pivot is is to be able to do many many things, to be able to jump to other things. Because within the industry, it's not like so. What do you pivot to? An an agent? No. You pivot to managing? No. Uh, you come up across and come across with a podcast and something that people are interested in seeing what's going on where we are. There's a pivot. I mean, there you are and looking at something like you were just saying, I, I never thought that I'd become somewhat, you know, uh, proficient at being able to sit there and record 14 tracks and put them all together and get myself a podcast. That's going to be something that is legitimate that I am actually doing and feeling good about myself. Whole idea is to be able to in pivoting and knowing what you've pivoted to is a better way of life. I can't imagine to being just a musician and just playing guitar for a living. I I suggest you just sit back and wait this thing out. And, and, you know, I I can't imagine what they pivot to unless they're willing to go back into the work workforce or uh, a school that will get you back into something like honest to work. It seems to me there's a lot of construction players, people that haven't budged at all. I mean, there's a lot of work going over there and stuff. So, I mean, it sounds horrible. I'm telling, hey, musicians, we'll get a real job, but it's 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 awful. I don't know what you would do if you've got a small family and you yeah. you have to keep paying rent or a mortgage and whatnot. What do you do? You you find a job. It's all about the romance. This next song, Unspoken, is from Alfie Zappacosta's most recent album, Saved. Released earlier this year, Unspoken once again teams up with Juno Award winners Alfie Zappacosta and keyboardist Marco Luciani. For all those incurable romantics out there, where love rings true, unspoken words are what I feel for you. All truth rings 
A gentle touch of innocence A plane where honesty exists And where love rings true Unspoken words I feel for you Cleared of all insanity Filled with miles and miles of clarity There are no words I have to say I rise each morning to greet the day Laying next to you You feel them towards unspoken Words you see in my eyes A trust unbroken No words can describe This crazy veil of never-ending energy A shroud of golden moments and entity An operation for our eyes And why should we be so surprised We are in tune, oh so in tune To words unspoken Words you see Trust unbroken No words can describe When you feel lost in this darkness And no one seems to hear when you call Just need my senses to find you You wouldn't have to call me to get people out to see live music again. Well, 
I suppose uh, the governments and the 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 the, uh, the experts that be and um, uh, in knowing that we are now whatever there's a we don't have to worry at all about any infection. We don't have to worry about uh, we can walk out without masks. Just uh, just a complete like you know the the, the medical medical authorities to be able to give us 100% and saying everything is completely fine. We are completely fine. Go on out there. We've gotten this thing beat. And then I don't know how long that's going to be. I still think there's going to be the naysayers out there for a long time. And and, and that's why I'm, I've been saying till next year, because I, I, I have to sort of wait this out because I can't tell what people are going to be thinking. I think, I think we have time. I, I think all we have is time just to wait and time and and uh I don't want anybody putting posting something anymore and saying hey I just heard that the guys got their two their two shots and uh they got covid you know if I hear another person you know like shut up what you know we, you got your shots you got everything and they say well I just heard they got their shots and got everything and I waited three weeks and they still got COVID and, I, and I'm going that, that's really nice I mean so but for the most part it's just got to stop it's got to pass it's got to do its time and uh and, and I think it's going to be a while before people start to think that it really is safe to go back in the water we touched on streaming a couple of times and it's gone from well Facebook started to ban it <laughs> because it was coming too popular and nobody was making every they all of course want to make their coin on it but what's happened is is it's grown from facebook to now mm. some of the venues and mm. entertainment companies especially in and around toronto that are putting on streaming sessions like the horseshoe tavern here mm. in mm. toronto the danforth music hall um there's a theater in belleville that a lot of people are using um it's kind of spinning around but these are becoming very professional streaming sessions mm -hmm. so um is this going to be just a short-term fix, I wonder, or is this going to be long-term? And I'm wondering about what's going to happen with the performers. Who owns the rights? <laughs> right? I, like, again, <laughs> that, uh, how much clout you've got. But I, think, I, I think depending on how much clout you have, you could walk in and demand X amount of dollars to be able to say, like, depending on the clout you have, you can ask for X amount of dollars. And I think probably they'll probably just pay you that kind of money. Um, if if there's some way that uh, I don't know if there's somewhere they're going to be able to follow it up, like SoCam used to be able to follow up and knowing like yeah. remember radio we used to play radio. They knew a week ahead of time what was going to be played. Right. Uh, right. I imagine if they set these things in motion so that when they are played that 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 there's going to be the people that are actually watching and, and, and checking for the police, the streaming police that will sort of like say, you played at 100 countries in Europe and we've been following that. So we're, we're, we're you know, every five cents we see it, we're going to be able to collect for you. But is that going to happen? I, I don't know. I mean, I refused to do anything on, on Facebook. I refuse to do anything on streaming until, you know, although I have done, I've done streaming for raising money for cancer. I mean, uh, heart and stroke, cancer, whatnot, for me to perform the streaming situations, I don't mind. Uh, for me to start looking at uh, 
some of the people that, uh, for example, I, uh, the, the Blue Frog has been doing a lot of streaming. They have a wonderful setup over there. That, but that was like, you know, they were like uh, new. There was uh, something that they would pay a certain amount of monies for them because they had a, a recording studio and they were able to do it quite professionally and, and send it out. And, and so people across Canada be able to see it. But again, they they you you wonder whether it's going to be worthwhile doing. I think maybe at the same time, I'm starting to think that they're not going to be much of a choice. Uh, it's hard to say because streaming, if they can come up with a way to make it really um, feasible, financially feasible for for artists, I think it's maybe the way of the world. Just like uh, people don't have to go into an office anymore to Zoom. Uh, if there's zooming, uh, you know, what do we need all these office places downstairs when you could set up your your office right here and talk to the people in Zimbabwe to be able to make a deal on some whatever diamond mine or something? I, I don't know. It's a, everything is changing to a point. And I think we're the, the new ones, the novices that are going to see all these things happening. We're we're here right now with a lot of unknowns. The streaming thing is there's the revenue. How lucrative is it going to be? But there's also, I mean, it's you're still missing performing in front of people. It's and horrible. there's a whole difference between <laughs> you feeding off each other. It's I mean, it's horrible. just it's a it's, it's a huge horrible. It's absolutely when I did the, the the cancer thing, it was just I know that the it was just a, it, I, again. I suppose people that haven't done it much, it's it's not no big news, you know. I mean, there's a few people holding, holding cameras around and stuff like that, so you feel somewhat special if you haven't done it before. I know that the fellows that I was playing with, we did a, a great performance of the, the, the set and stuff, and we finished doing the, finished the song, and all of a sudden we finished and... Dead silence. And then a shuffle of someone going, okay, I got it. You know, and it, yeah, it is... You know, it's a it, you, you forget because you, you are doing the performances of a lifetime. You like to think your cameras are up, stuff, but then it's over and it's like, OK, and, and there's the new now. The, oh, yes. The, John was just saying the resurgence of the applause, uh, resurgence of the applause track. Applaud the, the box. You're great. You're wonderful. <laughs> actually, there's uh, there's something that, you know. I'm, I'm using pivot again for you, but there's someone that can actually sit there and start like recording all these great big clap tracks and so like, you know. But real good string, boy Bob, you're wonderful. You have first name basis and stuff like that. Yeah. So just tell me why your name is, and I'll record a great big orchestra, a big, a big huge. <laughs> there, there's where the money's going to be made, and applause tracks. That's it, and, and auditorium people yelling out your name. I can't even begin to imagine. Thank you, thank you. I can't even begin to imagine. Customized, yeah, customized clap tracks. Boy, Don't say boy. that too fast. <laughs> I was doing a little bit of research last year, and I actually just came across a few, a number of articles, actually. I thought it was just going to be a few, but it was a lot. Online sales of music instruments actually skyrocketed, especially in about the first six to eight months last year of... I mean, and musicians were like trying to order stuff that they needed online, and there wasn't a violin or guitar to be had anywhere. Yeah, I've been here. Um, and the other thing was, as I was talking to people about, they were starting to sort of dust off forgotten instruments that they had learned to play, you know, 10, 15, 20, 25 years ago, and bringing them out of the closet. So I keep harking back to the 60s 
when there were such a lot of world events going on in the Vietnam War and you had Martin Luther and all the rest of it. Uh, Kent mm. State was a huge one. Um, mm. And it influenced so much of the music back then. So mm. I'm kind of wondering, will the pandemic, with all of these creatives experimenting with new music or new instruments, will it have, a, do you think it'll have a similar effect? I've been calling it a renaissance in music. Uh, yeah, I mean, people like the, the Industrial Revolution, there was some uh, incredible upheavals. I think this is going to be, uh, I don't know, uh, if a question for the younger people, the younger musicians that are coming up into a world of this that that that, that I'm unaware of. Uh, I, uh, I, I, I'm unaware of, I'm, I'm listening to, to what they're doing. I, I, I haven't spent enough time listening to like my, my nephews and whatnot that are, you know, be it rap or the songs of music when they're actually doing it. Uh, I, I can't really say whether they're all getting jobs and working something and doing this thing is sort of like a, just a, a fun thing. I mean, how much room is there for people to actually make a living being a musician anymore unless you're performing live? Uh, I, I'm really searching that out with the, these records that I'm putting out and seeing how the numbers will show uh, in the next little while to be able to get a little bit of a grip on how it works. And then I've been hearing things too, like I don't know if you have, but the people trying to, you know, uh, adopt pets and people finding it's, I can understand where uh, the industry itself music industry how, how it's been affected by the fact that you can't go out and get a, a you know a crowd of people to be able to perform whatnot but i wonder how many more other people apart from uh, uh hotels and and uh vacation spots and whatnot just how many people are actually sort of left out in the cold having to survive all this so i would imagine you're right in as far as saying like you know a lot of instruments and people bang out with the biology seems to keep themselves busy again uh, trying to find dogs to adopt so they could take them for walks i mean people trying to find things to do i just wonder how much if you start looking at the world population are people actually doing that? how huge is this spike and and to what what people are actually doing these things how many musicians are deciding how many people say, okay, we can't go out? I suppose you're saying that if we can't go out, we're going to have to uh, stay in and learn how to play a piano again or something. Well, I mean, uh, you're a writer. Yeah. What instruments do you play other than the guitar? Well, me, me I just play guitar. And, I, uh, and of course, I write lyrics and sing them and whatnot. But uh, as you said, if, if you're serious of what you're doing, there's other people that are a phone call. We can actually zoom and, and do some writing and get things done. So I myself haven't noticed it all that much, but uh, and I have <laughs> have a dog that can't walk all much anymore. But uh, I, I've I've all I had all these things, so um, it makes all the sense in the world. People being able to do things more inside because it's hard to get out. So I I can't imagine why musical instruments are going through the frickin' roof as far as sales and whatnot and pets and stuff for people to be able to go. If you're going to be spending a lot of time alone, yeah go for a walk, but um, finding, uh, you know, finding that time, they like said, like, enjoying myself and going for walks and whatnot. There's something to be said, too, about not having to get up in the morning going, oh, my God, oh, my God, I forgot to book that. I got to do it. I got to do this calling. And there's something to be said about getting up in the morning going like, well, I guess I really can't do much today, can I? Where's that and first no, cup of coffee? You know, and, and, th and you can't, you know, you anything that you plan to do, if you've been a musician all this time, there's... No one, so you have to get used to it, you know. Ah, it's been an interesting world for the last. It has. Sure. 
Yeah. Have you picked up anything? Are you playing anything? Um, actually, it? I'm learning the drums. I have a drum kit. There you um, go. So I've been playing drums. Electronic or a real drum kit? No, no, they're real. They're Gretsch. They're Catalina. Catalina Club Series. My Go my baby blue satins. Yeah, no, they're they're real. Symbols <laughs> um, and everything. Sabian symbols. We're all we're all set up. You got to smash. Cowbell. Yes. Yeah, I've got the cowbell for Christmas. We're we're good there. <laughs> More cowbell. Yeah. More cowbell. And I'm I play piano. I well, I started go. playing when I was four. Although I don't really um, play a lot now. Um, I've gone into other things, but I do have a keyboard set up as well. So see, I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, it's something. I mean, you can keep yourself busy. You're keeping yourself busy, obviously. I am. Um, this podcast and everything, yeah. all the writing and stuff. Yeah, that's busy enough. Which is why my drums um, have been sitting there crying out hey. for attention. Well, <laughs> lately. Then, don't, don't be, uh, you know, don't don't be persuaded to sell them to some poor bastard no. that's sitting there going like, I need to do something. I'm bored. I can't find drums. No. No, they're not going anywhere. Not not uh, for quite not for quite a while. I'm determined to uh, uh, coordinate. Well, I am coordinated. I can play three at once. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Look what I can do. <laughs> good for you. We've been pretty much isolated, more or less. We've had some some you know we sort of back and forth with the lockdowns, etc. But do you think this whole um, isolation pandemic thing is actually encouraged? Uh, more collaboration among artists, especially ones who don't typically collaborate together because nobody's on the road. Well, I, 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 everybody sort of probably grabs things a little bit differently, but I, I can't see why not. I mean, there's definitely, uh, I, I think in the beginning, there was like a real gung-ho, and I imagine there still is, uh, you know, gung-ho, we have to do this. When I started seeing for a while, there just about everybody and anybody was getting on Facebook and playing songs and, and doing this. And it was just all over the place, right, for a while. And I just decided to do this. And I go, oh, my God, Neil Young. Anybody, I think, that's been doing this for a long time that uh, has made a living out of it over the last 20 some odd years and whatnot, um, it makes all the sense in the world to be able to. Like, for example, I was just on the phone. Jerry Mosby just sent some stuff up. I've sent, I, uh, I, I do a recording and get a good chunk of it done. And I send it over to Jerry who has some parts, sends it back. I, Marco Luciani, you know, can't go and visit with him anymore. So I'll have ideas. I'll send them down. Uh, Paul, the, Paul, uh, there's uh, Paul Shahano works out of, uh, has been working, I guess, and not much either in Vegas. And uh, uh, he would do some stuff as a bass player and send it up. So the world won't stop as far as, like, I think the, the, the idea of being able to get together with other writers and to be able to perform a song a la Zoom, a la the Internet thing. There's a lot of people. I mean, I, it's, it's wonderful that I can get buddy that lives in England to send me a track as well, you know, just yeah. sort of like me. But there's... That if you if you have the will if you want to be able to continue writing and then you could still be able to share it with anybody anyhow so I, I that's that's not so much affected what has affected is actually the uh, other people sitting next to you you know just you know camaraderie and just having a couple of beers and just saying like isn't this wonderful but no the anybody that's serious about it can make this continue on for sure the working together specifically for the club scene. Uh, which is really the bread and butter of a lot of performers. Yes. I'm wondering if this is an opportunity, and I am reading this question because it's kind of a big one, mm. for musicians to work together 
as a unifying force to reshape and come to an agreement, not only amongst themselves, but with the individual club owners regarding on how musicians are compensated. Because we've gone from, as you know, in the 70s and early 80s, from contracts and union scale to now we're passing the tip jar. Now, when I started in the music business, yeah. it was 40 years ago and thing, you know, everybody had contracts. Um, I got out of it for quite a number of years and back into it again. And like all of a sudden we've got tip jars. You know, yeah. so and there's far too many artists that perform for free who mm -hmm. also undercut the livelihood of those who depend on it. Mm. So do you think this is maybe um, a good time for artists really to start to get together? Mm. And as I said, do that unifying force and work with the clubs and the union, because I hear the unions kind of been back in the background a little bit. It's a dilemma and I, it's, it's a horrible dilemma. I um um, a horrible dilemma, and I think I, what I've sort of what I've been saying too, trying to say is uh, in finding out with with the, through Alma Records, a record company, and Universal. I had a talk with uh, when I was in Toronto uh, two three years back, and I was talking to Warren Stewart, Universal, and I said, "What are you doing? What is this? Is the end of a record? The 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 record business?" And he said, "No, it's not. There's a so." I, I mean, I'm holding out some kind of uh, hope. Uh, I I haven't got the answers for it, but I'm really trying to find out based on when an artist writes music. Now, we're not talking about just the, you know, the bread and butter where we're talking about clubs and whatnot. They're over yeah. and clubs are having a hard time coughing up when SoCan wanted to get you to pay the two two percent or something like that, so that so that you, you while you're performing these songs and stuff there's some extra monies to be made you know they're trying to find and all, all of the club owners were going like not a chance i hate that what we're paying this two percent on and i can understand that like both sides of it i'm trying to figure out where the hell this thing is going uh the people at the top that are taking the brunt of it how, how much they're doing and how much they're willing to give back to allow what you're talking to be able to happen again i think uh I don't think it's. I don't think we're ever going to go back to it the way it was. Uh, solidarity. All the musicians all get together and they say, "No, we won't perform for a, at least." And and then if we wrote the songs, we're going to get this. I I I don't have any answers for it. I'm trying to find out how uh, writers and 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 uh, the people at at uh, Apple Music and Spotify's and stuff like that and how they're breaking it all down. I mean, there are people that know that. Uh, and I don't think they're trying to hide any of these uh, answers from us, but I'm I'm really confused. But I think by the end of this year, I think I'll have a bit a better of an idea of how. I suppose you could just get on Google and find out exactly how the money is all broken down. As far as people being able to go out and bars and whatnot, I don't know where are you going to go with people that are playing for free that just want to play anymore these days. Uh, I don't see it as at this point the way things are. I don't see it viable for a person to pick up a, an instrument and make a living at it just playing that instrument. I don't think that's going to happen unless they want to live in poverty. Good point. Yeah, we've got it. We've had a lot of issues with things like weekend warriors yeah. coming coming into and clubs. And so there's what we we we've been able to bask in an incredible sunlight of uh, of of luck when it's come down to all the bands and understanding it. It's been a an incredible era that started whatever in the late fifties or say the forties and whatnot, and we've seen it just escalate, escalate, mm -hmm. escalate. 
to a lot of people, very smart people got very smart. And so the very few at the top of the heap are taking it all. It's a tough one. Yeah. I need to know uh, exactly. Uh, it would be wonderful to people to say, like, guess how much these four companies are making, you know. Here's exact how much are they making? And then to be able to say, hey, you sons of the greedy bastards, like pour it back in, uh, sort of something back in or do something. I, I haven't got those answers just yet, but I'm pretty sure there's a lot, few people out there that are making a lot of dough. I think there's very few people making a lot of dough and more people not making any dough. Not making any, yeah. As far as local artists are concerned, do you think this lull in no competition from more well-established performers gives them a chance to um, shine, maybe come out a little bit. We have these, you know, I see advertisements for shop local, eat local, grow local. And I yeah. thought, what about listen local? Uh, a chance to encourage people to, to come out and seek artists in their own community and embrace the talent in their own communities and allow them to grow their art and, expand benefit and it you know and the other thing too is it benefits the local artists and it benefits the communities as well in the local economy but well, um, yeah. they seem to be you know local artists you have all of these huge concerts that come in and everybody spends hundreds of dollars on tickets and the local artists have forgotten so i'm just wondering with no competition coming in yet if this is a good opportunity for local artists to sort of blow their own horn well, if a local artist is certain, they, they, they are able to spread out to a community of sorts that just allow them to sort of make enough money to play for that gig and maybe for a week, a month, they can make that. Okay, so, uh, so the locals say, like, these guys are wonderful. Where do they expand and where do you send them? Where do you send them? Do you, do, do, okay, uh, they get to be able to have a few more bucks to be able to sort of really work on their social media and they spend all their monies and making sure that uh, social media could sit there and listen to the songs you've done. I got a good friend, Ian, uh, Ian Jane, who was out in, uh, in, in Halifax, who's been doing some incredible, wonderful stuff, you know, and he's doing it all, records it all himself. He's promoting it all himself. He's putting it and he's, he'll sell out some places in, in, in Halifax, some new, but he's from that area. Say you've got Halifax, I think you're 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 the golden boy. All right. So how in the hell are you gonna be able to take that and now sell it to like a million people in Germany? I, I don't know how that transition works. You see, I mean how do we enable all these people, everybody that can grab a guitar now and goes out and start singing? It's just, it's just, oh my God, I, I, I can't imagine how they can spread that out. How do you take someone that all of a sudden are local heroes and, and how you take the local heroes and, and, and bring them out to the world? And when it seems like these days, there's like every, every other house has got a musician or someone playing, they're trying to make it in the business. What have you found to be the most difficult or challenging during the pandemic? I, I, listening to people that are freaking out, L just listening to, you know, you know, collecting toilet paper people, that kind of stuff, you know, it's just uh, the hysterics. Um, so much information, so much information. So I, uh, you know, in, it's uh, it's obviously a conversation, a topic that's incredibly hard to avoid. Um, um, 
I like to be able to look at uh, end of day or end of week to where we've come to be able to get just enough of a dose of uh, and hopefully coming from the higher up or someone actually knows what they're talking about to be able to get an idea of what's going on. Uh, the What I really can't be able to deal with is just don't touch my dog. You know, there's another one like don't touch my dog. You're going to make him sick and then I'll get sick too. I mean, to the stories have been just uh, absolutely horrendous. And, um, and, and the thing is that I understand fear and that's why I, I suppose, um, that I hate, you know, the, 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 the false, the falseness of it, uh, trying to get some honest to God, uh, real people who really know what's going on. has been a real pain in the ass. And, and I've been able to get by that by, um, avoiding it by going on walks and whatnot and just, you know, waiting patiently for everybody to be vaccinated and please right. get vaccinated so that they can find something else to scream about, you know, because yeah. those the transistors that they're putting in our skin right now know exactly where we are all the time, you know. You know, the GPS on our phones knows exactly where we are at all times. I mean, what, I don't know what people are thinking about <laughs> with transmitters. They already know. They already know. One takeaway lesson you've learned through all this. Uh, like yourself, <laughs> know to, uh, know to be able to respect the time that you, uh, uh, you are alone and, 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 and have a sense of, uh, that there's nothing wrong with spending a lot of time, uh, by yourself and contemplating and uh, learning things, taking up reading books. Uh, what I'm taking away from it, it was a lot, a lot of time to be introspective, to be able to sit back and sort of, uh, deep thoughts, I suppose. We definitely have learned so, so, so much. There's so much education. There's so, so much for us to be aware of, just way too much of it. Uh, to be able to turn that all off and, 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 and to get a little bit, oh, to get a little bit at peace has been sort of like something learning how to do has been uh, very rewarding. What's one piece of advice you would give a young artist for today? Well, I would have to say have have some things to bounce back on, you know, uh, enjoy, enjoy. If you're going to pick up an instrument and whatnot, take the time to be able to know that music is 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 music and that um, and that there's a whole world of study. There's a whole world of being able to sit there and become very, very good at what you do. You don't have to be the the virtuosos of the world, but uh, to be able to understand it so that it allows you to be able to play many different kinds of music. And while you're doing that and enjoying it, to be able to read, write, work on your ear, uh, if you if it's possible to even have a little bit in music, to be able to learn how to sing, uh, to be able to improvise, to take it seriously in what you're doing and then studying it as a, uh, as a course, so to speak, apart from... I mean, if you're happy just doing the gumbaya moments around a fireplace and stuff, just learn your four or five chords and be happy. But if you're going to be a musician and want to tackle it, you've got to go a lot further, a lot deeper than that in the habits. Won't take that much time. How are you moving forward in 2021 20, and 2022? I'm sincerely hoping to be able to, to travel and com completely perform as long as I'm allowed to strength-wise, you know. Um, 
it took a long time for me when you said, was I going to be, I had no idea. So it's a bit of a forest gump through my life in a lot of ways up until I was 40, thinking that there was always something to do. There's the midlife crisis was sort of like something going like, yeah, what, you're going to learn something new now? So um, so my acceptance to what it is that I do, uh, I thought that at this point, the best thing I could do from, from then on was to con c continue performing, writing songs and going out and, and performing them live. I figured that that's my lot in life now. So I'll be very, very lucky man if uh, for the next, um, a very happy man, if the next 12 years of my life say, I could continue going back and forth across Canada and do a couple of months here, a month here and stuff to fill out, um, to fill out maybe four or five months of a year that I could perform. And if I could do that for the next 12, 13 years of my life, I'm a very happy guy. Two positives to come out of all this, one personally and one professionally. We're down to the um, wire here, so we're almost. <laughs> yes, I'm. Uh, I'm. 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 I think I'm writing. Probably the the, so the last couple of records and the so things that I've been learning. I've been writing sort of and knowing that um, it's sort of like a very pure Alfie Zappa Costa. You know, no uh, no intrusion of uh, of other things or other people or things and you know there was one once upon a time there was the worry of being able to, to know that you were playing for a specific radio sometimes you'd have to have at least an idea what kind of music it was you were doing um i do what i like so what what it's been something that's been heading this way for quite a while i mean um anything that's happening now whether uh, i'm wondering exactly whether this whole covid pandemic has really got anything to do with it but i can add to say that where i am in my life now and anything that i am doing is is about as honest as it is as far as what i like to hear what i like to do if you could choose one artist or band you'd love to perform with who would that be hmm well, to tell you the truth, I would love to sit back and, and play a song and uh, be with someone like um, Jobim, you know, to be able to sit there. Some of the Brazilian things, I'm like I've been hearing so much with Mr. Lind and, and whatnot. But um, uh, I always loved the, uh, the the Brazilian music, you know, the, the, the South American music. Yeah. I've always loved the chord changes and whatnot. If I had a chance, I'd probably sit there next to Jobim and play, you know, uh, I'd like to play a song or two with him just to hear that kind of way. And I'm not just, you know, long and tall, da, 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 the girl from Ipanema who was walking, but, but um, I've always loved that kind of, um, that kind of music. I've been here, I'm trying to think about names right now and it's just eludes me because I just love the music. I don't even pay attention exactly who's doing it, but I would do that homework. Lind Jobim are, are some of the, some, some wonderful writers, I think. Uh, and uh, anybody that's involved in that serious uh, South American music would probably make me feel really cozy inside. I love that music too. Mm. What brings you joy now? Uh, I, I'm, I, uh, I guess the, the joy and that, the feeling that I'm at peace, feeling that uh, I, but I am, I, what, what's, what's better, you know, uh, when you feel that you're happy in your own skin, you what I thought would sort of would be a, just completely a cluster freak, you know, for all these years and what was going on and the amount of uh, stress and anxiety that one goes through, everybody goes through to, to get from, from the idea of 
where to live, uh, the, the, the respect one has for money, uh, and, and not, not a crazy, nutty adoration for that crap, you know, bullshit money, but uh, to know that uh, you have respect it enough to be able to get to where you are here. The, the children have their children now, and they're happy. They, you've been able to, I believe I've been able to sort of teach them the, the, what, what is worthwhile, and knowing that once it's all done, when you sit back, you're still happy with yourself. Thanks, Wonderful. Donald. It's been a All pleasure right. to meet you finally and hopefully someday in person. And I'll get oh, to see you perform. Will. It'll definitely happen. I will be back in TOE. Come on with Jane or come by yourself or come, you know, with some friends, whatever. But I will be back. I look forward to it. And I look forward to meeting you in person. I, I do as well. This interview was recorded at Soundhouse Studio, located on Eastern Avenue in Toronto, Canada. Owned by producer-engineer John Jameson, John is also my co-editor and mixer for all the interviews we record at Soundhouse. He makes us all sound good, and me sound like I know what I'm doing. With respect for the times we live in right now, all appropriate safety measures are taken during any in-person interview recorded at Soundhouse. Many thanks go to Eddie and Quincy Bullen and Paul DeLong for writing and performing the fantastic theme music for the show. And to all of you who have tuned in to listen to what these artists have to say, thank you for taking the time and inviting us into your cars, offices, and homes. I am Pap Live. You're listening to Love the Music. Have a great day and a wonderful evening. <laughs>